what we do here is go back, 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 back. I think we officially can put to bed that the Raiders won the Khalil Mack trade, uh, and it was proven by this extension given to Hunter Renfro. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. We are back in the saddle together once again. Um, I appreciate you holding it down for the squad, for both of us, for, you know, for me, me. And uh, yeah, I just want to tell you, I appreciate that. How are you doing? I'm great. <clears throat> I'm going to work through my voice right now. It's a little hoarse. I don't know why. It's called a pony. Yeah, it's the horse and pony show. But yeah, no, man, it's of course it, it was a it was nice to to do a solo one and be able to sneak in some some questions and and stories about shit. But definitely, um, definitely wasn't the same. I'm glad to be back here. So we're getting back into it. So gonna touch on a little bit of Raider news, and you know, really where we're gonna start is just some recent free agency news. So <clears throat> Indomitian Sue has been linked to the Raiders. So they, um, so he was a, a free agent and um, was playing for the Buccaneers last year. Um, and it was a situation where, you know, he, I think he wanted to go back to Tampa Bay. They ended up going in a different direction. You know, they haven't necessarily said they're not going to bring him back, but with some recent moves that they have made, it has indicated that he won't um, be returning. And he kind of went out and said, you know, sounds like the Buccaneers are not interested in me coming back there. So he has many suitors. He has much suitors um, of NFL teams that he could definitely make an impact on. Um, one of them being the Raiders, I believe. He went on Twitter, or he was on a, he was on a show, and they were talking about just different fits and everything. I think he was on ESPN, and then um, basically had mentioned that you know it'd be it would be fun to team up with the Raiders. Now, how he fits with the team, what whether we could do that salary cap wise is yet to be said. But what were your initial thoughts when this kind of came out? This was earlier this week, but. What were your thoughts on potentially bringing in Indomitian, Indomitian suit? Yeah, I feel like his name has kind of floated around as far as someone the Raiders should go out and get for a little while, really since I think the first kind of wave of free agency hit and then the draft ended or, and whatnot. And it just were kind of talking about like the Raiders could go after him. Raiders Twitter was, you know, all over the place. And then now this kind of pops up. I don't know. When these things happen, I always feel like these players aren't going to go out and just like say different things about teams that um, they're talking to or whatnot. I would assume that agents are on top of them being like, don't say shit about anything. Like, be vague if you're going to be vague or whatnot. But I feel like there has to be talks there, potentially. I feel like he's uh, pretty open. Maybe he's just being open about his willingness to go there. But I find it interesting because... uh, a defensive line of him, Crosby, and Chandler Jones on either end would be, man, would be pretty dynamic. I feel like um, I feel like he's he's got some stuff left in the tank. I think he's just a a big dude that can still wreak some havoc in the middle. So it would be interesting. I mean, I think we have twenty to twenty five million free right now ish uh, after that June first everything cleared with those with uh, Littleton and Kwiatkowski and uh, Nassib all that money that was going to get freed up at the beginning of this month. So 
it'll be interesting. We'll see how far it goes. But, you know, I what I do feel comfortable with is that Zeigler's going to go in there. And if they are going to bring him in, it's going to be on a fair, on a fair deal and not just the Raiders going out to try to land some big fish um, and throw all of their money at him. So, yeah, I would be happy to see uh, him come over if that is what came about from it. Yeah, I think it is. Um, it, it's definitely a better spot um, to, to bring the, a name like him. Um, he's just obviously a little bit older, um, 35, I believe, and is, is kind of going to, I would imagine, for, for the remaining years of his career, be doing these, you know, one-year deals, you know, for the next couple of years until he does retire. So, yeah, I mean, I, I look at it where it's it's something that if you if you take our um, Patrick Graham's defense, his scheme, he does like the the big hog mollies in the, in the middle. You know, that's why Jonathan Hankins, um, was successful um, when he was playing in the scheme. Um, and then you look at our, our depth chart earlier, our roster at, at, at the tackle position, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's relatively thin. You know, you do have Hankins. We did draft um, Matthew Butler, Neil Farrell Jr. Um, but those were late round picks. So nothing that you're going to be like, you know, oh, we can't bring in someone because, you know, we have this first or second round D tackle that we drafted. Right. So, um, you know, we got Hankins, we got Bilal Nichols, Vernon Butler, you know, so it's, it's not a really a, necessarily a big group as far as names they're big humans certainly but i think you look at fit um and i think sue could definitely fit what we're looking for um you know is obviously he's able to generate pressure from the inside which is going to be important and also be um big guy in the middle to stop the run um and really free up our backers which is just really what um what we like to do or what at least graham likes to do in that system so i think it fits as far as his talent i think his talent obviously he could it's a very versatile talent, even with his older age, but it could be something that that would be a good fit. And and, and <laughs> never really been in this situation, but I think he looks. Um, I think free agents and players are looking at the Raiders team as a as a contending roster, not like oh they might they might make the playoffs. It's like we have pretty dang good roster, even though the AFC and the AFC specific or AFC West specifically is very tough. Um, we can make a run, you know, we can make a run into the playoffs and we have the talent, obviously that we've mentioned on the offensive side, but you know, we get, we had some peace on the defense and it's a pretty dang good team. So I think it'd be a great deal. Um, I would, if we're going to pay more than we're comfortable with, I hope it's incentive based, you know, I hope it's like, Hey, base salary is, is around this 8 million and you know, 9 million. I don't really know what, what they're projecting, but well, with the potential of him being able to earn $15 million, which is, a lot for D tackle, but you know, it's, it's a big game player, but it's all, if it's sacks based on set based off of um, team production, his, his production, et cetera. So um, pro bowl, things like that. So yeah, I think it'd be a good fit. We'll see where it goes. Um, but I think we positioned ourselves in a spot where we're not just jumping at these guys and throwing three years, $50 million at a Dominican Sioux at the age of 35, you know, so I could see it being a one year deal, um, but we'll see. I think we do need to take care of Waller first. Um, and make sure that's sh- um, shoot up. But yeah, I would like to fit overall. Um, I think it could be good for us, but we'll keep uh, keep tabs on that as we go. And yeah, we'll see if we can. I mean, he's just kind of, he's kind of a Raider though too, you know, man, like it, it, and maybe yeah. more the old school, but like he kind of just likes yeah, to fight people, it's... you know, and like we don't have to talk about like him stepping on dude's hands and, you know, stepping on people's chests, but it's still kind of cool. We can bring a nastiness and edge presence and also winning, you know, kind of winning pedigree, which he didn't have in Detroit, certainly. But, um, you know, being playing for Tampa Bay and everything like that, I think it's been he could bring something good to us. So we'd love to see it um, as long as the money is is right there. Yeah, it's like it's like when uh, the Raiders brought in Vontez Perfect. You're like, 
this just kind of unfortunately seems like someone who was bound to be a Raider at some point, and that yeah. was not in a good reason. But. I haven't thought about Montez Perfect in a while, to be perfectly honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically the more successful Montez Perfect, which like he's probably just as nasty as Montez Perfect, but he's just like made more Pro Bowls and won a Super Bowl, you know? So it's like, now he's, but he's a good player. He's a good dude. Been a little bit better at controlling things. <laughs> Not much, but I mean, a little I mean, bit better. Bar- barely, yeah. Um, Even yeah, his, later, I, his later years, he's been better. I think so. Um, I think Montez Perfect just keeps getting angrier the older he gets. So, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. And, and <clears throat> obviously we'll be tracking it, tracking it over the next week or two. But Next topic, then this was something we didn't get to. Um, I think it was two weeks ago, and then, and then obviously, you know, you took your PTO last week. But Micah threw this out as a topic for us to talk about a couple weeks ago, and, and I've, I've just been sitting on it like, well, where are you going to go with this? But I'm not even going to try to to start the rabbit hole. Can you just lay it out there and then just take us take us down this rabbit hole of Hunter Renfro and somehow is connected to Khalil Mack, and somehow the Raiders are good because we traded Mac. Not sure, but just take it away. That's a terrible way to set it up, but just that's how much information I have right now. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, you you talking about him getting extended, you talking about him getting extended, it was like, all right, now we this is, this is the time that it has to come up. But, you know, for the last four years, it's always a lot of talk has been like, who's going to win the Khalil Mack trade? You know, Raiders of the Bears, because a lot of, a lot of things were thrown around at that time. And it was like, we're not going to know until all these draft picks are used up and all, you know, all this and all that. And who, does anybody win the Super Bowl? Does anybody go here? Whatever. So I'm just going to break this down for you on why the Raiders won the Clelo Mack trade, because it resulted in us getting Hunter Renfro and signing him to a new deal. Okay. So the trade initially, the Bears traded 2019 first round, 2019 sixth round, 2020 first round, and 2023rd round the Raiders give them Mac and a sec and a 2022nd rounder okay Raiders drafted Josh Jacobs 24th overall they traded the 196 pick and Kalichi Osemele to the Jets for the 140th pick they traded the 140th the 35th and the 235th pick to Jacksonville for the 38th and 109th pick they traded the 38th pick to Buffalo for 40th and 158th they traded 109 to Indy for 129 uh, and 135. The 135 pick they traded to Atlanta for 137, which turned into Foster Moreau, uh, and the 230th pick. And then they take the 185th pick, the 158th pick they got from Buffalo, plus the 218th pick to Dallas for their 149th pick overall, which was Hunter Renfro. So. You talked about before us flipping and us flipping for for trades and flip-flopping six and how that can get you to move up and, you know, give you the ability to get into a one through three, one through four round uh, to get some quality guys. The Raiders did that with Khalil Mack, got Hunter Renfro. So I think we officially can put to bed that the Raiders won the Khalil Mack trade uh, and it was proven by this extension given to Hunter Renfro. Rabbit hole closed. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, that's fantastic. Um, you know, digging by you, um, digging down deep in that hole. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, you know, we can manifest anything, dude, you know? So I'm, I think we won the trade now. 
And it doesn't matter about the first round picks that they sent over to us that we completely whiffed on. That's not important because it's all about, see, that's what people get fixated on, which is your point. You know, we're talking about the late round flip-flops, right? We're talking about sending the fourth for the fifth back for the fourth. And then Hunter Renfro, I believe is kind of what you said. Um, so, yeah, I think we won. So take that. Bears, losers, and Chargers, you're losers too, just because even though you weren't part of it and you have Mac now. It's like the saying goes, it's not about the journey along the way. It's where you end up. Yep. That, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I believe that's what it's, I've heard it both ways actually. But yeah, no, that's, uh, that's very optimistic. And I, and I appreciate, appreciate you saying that. <sighs> Let's see any, anything else you want to touch on? I mean, Josh Jacobs was at MetLife stadium yesterday. Um, apparently he was shooting a commercial and everyone thought he was getting traded to the jets or giants because they share the stadium. Did you see any of that nonsense? No, I did not. That's fantastic, though. You gotta love, gotta love Twitter and uh, everything that, everything that it brings. Because him just being in a different city means he's getting traded. It's like when football coaches' wives are like in a different <laughs> state talking to their real estate friends. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think it's rare that I, I see anything on social media before you. Um, so I consider that a dub for me, or just progress, because it's not about the journey. It's about the fact of the end result and I saw it first. So, well, I did want to get your thoughts on, I guess, the, the, this last episode, you know, some of the questions that <clears throat> I took that were Ray related and some, some things that we touched on and sorry, I didn't really throw this out to you prior to, but um, did you have any, um, any thoughts around, I mean, speaking of Jacobs kind of just where, and this was a topic that you had mentioned um, previously too, just kind of his fit, you know, not being that the bell count necessarily, but, what are your thoughts on Jacobs and, and kind of the fit with, with the running game? Um, like, like I was, I guess I was talking about last week because I know that was something that you had, like I said, mentioned um, previously and, and thought was, was interesting, even though it's early on, right. Early rumblings of who's going to split carries. Like we, we haven't even got through anything yet and who's going to be healthy and whatnot, but any thoughts there just with the fit and kind of how the running back backfield <laughs> is shaping up to be. Yeah, you know, I think that it, you know, going into this year before we even had a GM and a head coach, a lot of stuff was like, what are the Raiders going to do with Jacobs? Because it's been this weird in between, like, are they going to pick up his option? Are they going to try to extend him? He's had injury problems. He's played well, but has he played well enough to like get a top running back extension type of thing? So for a while, just worried, like, okay, well, we're probably going to end up moving on from Jacobs at some point. I don't know if we extend him. If we do, it's because we give him probably more money than he deserves. And if not, then that's just the end of the Josh Jacobs error. Going into things with McDaniels, I don't feel as bad about potentially moving on from Josh Jacobs. I think that he's going to have to probably have some type of like, like I think you said, not like career year, but like top end year for him to essentially get another contract from us or at least get some some decent money and whatnot. But I think it might actually help that we drafted Zamir White, drafted him, who's essentially going to kind of be like a Jacobs. I mean, he's kind of built like him a little bit. So I think that'll help keep Jacobs more fresh. But I think it's going to probably maybe just light a fire under his ass a little bit too because like they've got to know the type of offense they're getting into and what it means for running backs over the years. Uh, you know, and so if you want to be that top guy, no one's going to be the bell cow type of guy. But if you're, you know, if you're trying to get all those touches, you're trying to get all those carries you got to go out there and ball out, which Josh Jacobs has done. And we've seen that from him, but I don't know. It's interesting. I think that it's going to bode well for him 
mainly because it'll help keep him from getting injured and taking 20, 25 plus carries a game, um, which he can do, but we've seen him kind of break down in the back half of the season because of it. So, yeah, I mean, and the more I thought about it too, and, and I think it's like, it's kind of our job to, to be like, Hey, let's talk about this and then say, see how it, it could work long-term for Jacobs or, or this could be his last year, like try to see both sides and, and kind of weigh the options. Like, honestly, I don't see, I, I really, I, I don't see a, a way that he kind of is back next year, to be perfectly honest. Like it just doesn't add up. And especially just kind of how the running back has been valued um, with where our salary cap is um, over the next couple of years is going to be pretty limited. We did, you know, we're throwing out some money right now, right. With Carr, Crosby, Renfro, um, Devontae Adams, obviously bringing him and giving him a big deal. And then hopefully uh, Darren Waller, you know, so I don't see, really any any chance that he does come back like I, I was like i'm gonna try to say like yeah if he does have a big year okay well if he has a big year then what's his market gonna be like his market's gonna be more than we would even want to pay in general you know so i i don't mean to be that guy and just be like no shot he comes back but i don't see a realistic situation where he returns you know and i don't know if you have thoughts on that but like and if you just take taking into consideration like you said the way that <clears throat> mcdaniel's uses running utilizes his running backs the way that the the league is valuing running backs his injury history it's like i, I really don't see it see a way that he comes back so any thoughts there am i am i being too aggro in june saying like hey there's no shot dude it's like okay let, maybe let the season play out you know but i don't know just not picking up his option all those other things you know i'll stop talking what do you think about that just his realistic possibility of coming back yeah i think you're right i think that this very well and most likely will be the farewell tour for Josh Jacobs as a Raider because regardless of whether he has a blowout season or doesn't do well, his value on the market is going to be better than his value for our team. And he's going to take the money. You know, there's going to be teams out there that need a running back and, you know, need someone who by all accounts can be a top eight running back in the league um, when he's healthy and when he's on his game. So regardless um, he could have a bad season and we're just like, all right, we're going to move on from you. Or he could have a really good season and his market, the market form can be up. And we're like, well, we're just not going to pay you that either. So I think that it would be very unlikely. I feel like to see him coming back as a Raider, you know, this is obviously just June speculation on our end, but it's, you know, just looking at it from a business side of things, it's like be hard pressed to think that, us re-signing him, especially when we have when we brought in a young guy who can just give us four more years of even bargain store Josh Jacobs, you know, for a McDaniel's offense. That's like that could mean a top end running back too. Just out of you know, just when it comes to like pure production in general. So I don't think you're off. I don't think you're wrong. I think that very likely that's gonna be the situation. Cool. Well, before we get to Mount Rushmore. And before we get to the ad read, this is my last question for you. I'm putting you on the spot again. We got the question um, last week just around kind of the, the duo of Carr, Waller, Renfro, and Adams. Sorry. So Jake um, was the one that said, hey, do you, do you see any other duo, like kind of three-headed monster with the receiving, um, like out receiver that, that is best in the NFL or compared to the rest of the NFL? And I was like, you know, I don't really see it, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, okay, well, what if we broke it down to just like two, right? What if we just broke it down to just – you know, take the quarterback out of it and just top like duos at receivers um, or receiving options. So I wanted just to get your, your thoughts real quick on these 
five. Okay. So Cincinnati, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Okay. Uh, San Francisco, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin for the Bucks. Minnesota, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. And then you have Adams and Waller. So as far as like duos, do you see any duo that potentially could be better than, than Waller? I'm not trying to be a homer here, but any, any duo that really is better than Devontae Adams and Darren Waller out of that group? I mean, I could probably just eliminate Jefferson and Thielen um, just because of Thielen and where he's going. But like Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Evans and Godwin. We'll just take those three. Do you think any of those three could potentially compete with really what we have? And, and it's, it's kind of an un- unknown with Adams, but also we, you know, we know how good he is. So just quick thoughts and then just putting you on the spot here. Yeah, I would say if, if anything was going to compete, it would probably be Chase and Higgins, in my opinion. T. Higgins is the size of a tight end. Uh, you know, my, a little obviously a little less weight, but just like he plays like he, he's a tight end just out wide. Um, and Jamar Chase is just unreal the unreal rookie season that he had. So I think if, if you were talking about it, I think they, they could, it's hard because, you know, Waller is such a threat um, as probably one of the first or second best receiving tight end in the NFL. Um, and Devonte Adams is Devonte Adams. So I think I would put those two as one, a one B um, in my opinion, if I have to pick one and two, then Adams Waller one, and then Higgins and, chase number two but i would say they're the only ones out of that list that in my opinion compete yeah that's what i was thinking too because i think there's probably a good amount of people that might take chase over adams just based on his explosiveness and kind of how he's kind of came on the scene um i think adams obviously is is a freak but not as explosive top end as as jamar chase but then like you said t higgins plays that big body receiver um you know a little bit more deep speed but while you know waller's just a big human being that can tear you up in, in between you know up the seam on the outside. So I would agree. Just, just curious as, as we kind of got those questions and I started looking at it from different angles, just um, want to get your thoughts because you're back, but cool. We, it is Mount Rushmore season. So we're about to, um, we're about to get into it. Um, this will be a, a running segment throughout summer. Before we do, Micah, will you kindly tell the people who this episode is brought to you? I, us, Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, who is it brought to you and us by absolutely as always this episode is brought to you by DraftKings hockey fans the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on and DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports new customers can bet five dollars on any team to win and get one hundred dollars in free bets no matter what win or lose looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with DraftKings Same Game Parlay, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Boom. So yeah, Mount Rushmore season is back. Um, and today we are going to, we're going to stick to the Raiders. Okay. We're going to stick, stick to our squad um, and talk about, um, talk about 
the Mount Rushmore of basically games right now on our schedule. So basically biggest games, um, whether it's storyline, whether it's revenge games, hype train, whatever you want to call it. Um, so we're going to go Mount Rushmore to remind the people um, how it goes with just Mike and I. Someone's going to start. The next person is going to finish the, their first pick and then start the second round of drafting. If he picks a game that I was on my list, I got to move on and pick, pick the next one. So Micah, I would like you to go first. Okay. I would, I would, I think it would be great if you, if you went first, unless I'll, I'll give you the choice. You pick, you pick the order. That's rough. I'll go first. You want me to go first. I'll go first. That's fine. All right. Well, to start this, this is off, one, one. This is one, one. And A lot of pressure with one, one. It is. And to be honest with you, um, I don't know if this is necessarily a 1-1. No, no, okay. Sorry, we're, we're not going to start off Mount Rushmore season this way. There's no You're list right. shaming, okay? okay? There's no All list right. shaming. It's your list, and I, that, I, want you to, I want you to be happy. I want you to be proud okay. of your list, so. Okay. Well, I guess thinking about it anyways, this actually is 1-1, because I'm talking yeah. week one um, <laughs> against the Chargers. Uh, it's, it's in L.A., which is basically another home game. Ha-ha. Laugh if you've uh, never heard that before. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's first game of the season. Khalil Mack is on the Chargers, so Khalil Mack revenge game. And um, we just, you know, the last time we played in the regular season and the last time we played the Chargers, we had that insane overtime game that put us into the playoffs. Um, so starting the season off against them, against a division rival, to really see see what we're coming out with uh, is going to be exciting. So that's going to be my 1-1. One, one. I love it. I mean, dude, come on. They're, like, We're not like freaking playing the you know uh the browns or something you know what i'm saying like there's so many different reasons why and it's the first game of the year we're like we're, we're gonna be talking about it for months so i love that pick Shaming because that is one one and technically also one one as it's the first game of the year so cool well i'm gonna go to week 17 raiders niners whenever you get the niners on the schedule man it's just especially for just the Raider fans that I'm, I'm sure there's a lot out there that hate the Niners. It's got to be up there. We play them once every four years. Um, so week 17, I mean, it could be obviously a huge game for us um, as far as playoff implications and who knows what it's going to be for the Niners, but definitely just being able to play them and also playing them at Allegiant Stadium um, is going to be huge having them come to Vegas. So I'm going to take the Niner game. That is my first pick because you just have to talked about the Niners fan base last year or last year, last week. So yeah, hopefully it's one of those things where they're, you know, they're maybe like, Oh, if things do work out, like they're in the hunt and then we just freaking drop a 40 burger on them and say, yeah, good luck next year, guys. Um, I'm going to go that one. And then this, I'm going to stay in the NFC West and I'm going to go week 14 at the Los Angeles Rams. So once again, Super Bowl champs, it's a prime time game. It's a Thursday night game. Hopefully there's a lot of playoff implications there. It's just going to be, it's just going to be a vibe, dude. Raiders coming back to LA again, another home game. Ha 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 ha. You know, and, and just, just a lot of, once again, hopefully that, you know, where our season's going, the star power that's there, two high flying offenses, um, you know, Raiders coming back to LA against the defending champs on prime time. I'm taking that one. Raiders Rams week 14. You're up Kip back to backers. Uh, so for my number two, I'm going week 15 uh, against the Patriots. McDaniels, Zeigler, playing Bill Belichick. Uh, you know, at that point in the season, 
both teams very much could be vying for a playoff spot. They could be contending in their division. Uh, this could be a battle for the AFC, you know, some, some top standings. There's so many different things on top of the fact that McDaniels is playing Belichick, him and Zeigler going against their, their old team. So week 15 Patriots, my next game, number three pick for me is going to be week 18 against the chiefs. Um, I think mainly because of the implications that that could have as well. Um, There's so many different angles. Is it going to determine who wins the AFC West? Uh, Are we going to have a chance to knock them out of the playoffs? Are they, you know, potentially going to knock us out of the playoffs? So where does everything stand? It's the last game of the season. Can't hold anything back now to have it against the chiefs, the, you know, perennial powerhouse, not only in our division, but in the AFC. Uh, It'll be interesting to see where everybody sits at that point what the playoff standings look like, and then just going in to end our season against, uh, you know, one of our rivals. I think be a great game. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, Patriots, obviously, Raiders-Patriots, and especially McDaniels, Ziegler, everything about that, that's going to be great. And then the thing about the Chiefs game is if you look at the schedule, it's a to-be-determined date and time. Yeah, so. big flex game that could big be flex. put on a put on a Sunday night or some type of like t- high end primetime game. So. Which we we party play them on I think it's a Sunday night or Monday. What is it? Yeah, we play them on a Monday night week 5. I just I don't like primetime games against the Chiefs guys. I'm sorry. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. Just hopefully just we have already clinched a playoff spot so they flex it to 10 a.m. even though it's going to be cold. And cars are going to throw for 147 yards with four pairs of gloves on. Okay, anyways, so my next pick, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to the early part of the season. I'm going to go to the Tennessee Titans week three. Um, at Tennessee, you know, it's a team that obviously has been in contention in the AFC. Um, you know, obviously big news is in the, in the offseason trading A.J. Brown. Um, still got Derrick Henry, still got that run first defensive minded um, team where, you know, Vrabel gets those guys rolling. It's going to be once again, week three early on. And also a game that Bell Dreamy has committed to taking us to um, in Tennessee, because the kind of guy he is very generous and it's in Nashville. could be a good trip for the boys. Maybe we'll bring the podcast out there. Okay. Um, So yeah, just early on, it's kind of a, Hey, let's see where, let's see where these teams stand, you know, two AFC contenders battling out week three. And the the best part about it is we're going to be able to see it live because, um, you know, Dan's going to take us to it. So it um, should be a fun weekend for all of us. Just waiting for him to send us like our itinerary for um, the flights and everything. But yeah, it's going to be a blast and looking forward to to seeing those teams um, battle it out week three. And then all right, this is my fourth one. This is going to be tough. I am going to go. I am going to go week eight. I'm going to go week eight at New Orleans. Once again, a team we don't play every year and We've just had some fun times in New Orleans. Raiders against the Saints, um, 2016. That was, if you remember, a big shootout game um, early on in the season. I think it was a week two game. But RIP and peace, Sean Smith and Brandon Cooks. Yeah, holy Toledo back then. But um, that was when, you know, Jack Del Rio just said, hey, we're going to go for two on the goal line at Raiders score. So throw it up to Crabtree. Boom, two-point conversion. We win. He does the slitting of the throat thing gets a 15 yard penalty, but we looked past that because we won. That's when the whole, all the memes came out of big balls, Jack Del Rio, um, black Jack Del Rio, whatever you want to call it. So 
Um, a lot of hit, not a lot of history, but just some good times against the Saints. Um, it's always fun. Um, and it's cool that we're going out to New Orleans too. And that was also too, if we had any flight delays with our Tennessee thing, I know Dan said, it's all right, we'll, we'll get there a week now. We'll go out to New Orleans. So thank you again, Dan. Um, but it's going to be a blast. going to be good to see the Raiders play in the Superdome. So that's my fourth. Close us out, partner. I love it. I absolutely love it because when you have those like sentimental games that you feel good about, it's like 2016 Saints. I mean, there's, there's no like significance behind that outside of like our personal significance. <laughs> and that kind of was a, a point in the season where like, all right, I think we're good this season. You know, I think we're, we went out and beat the saints. I think we're good. All right. So for my last one, my number four, I am sticking with the storyline, the revenge game storyline going week 10 against the Colts. Um, Yannick and has, has talked a lot, not long after the trade saying he's going to make us pay for trading him away. Uh, we got Rocky Sin on that end, so he's you know battling his old team. Another mid mid year thing uh, where it's like the Colts are always usually good, and I always feel like going into the game we are considered outmatched to them, and then we end up beating them. Um, and it's it happened you know twice. Obviously last year we always reference the um, man. I already forget his name, but he picked six on Jacoby Brissett uh, like two or three years ago. Eric Harris. Oh, Eric Harris. Yeah. There we go. So I just always feel like we go into those Colts games as underdogs um, and end up coming out with a win. But I think with the storyline behind uh, those two guys having revenge games, it'll be fun. Yeah. And and a revenge game against a fellow podcast revenge game because we have Colts Dan. Is that his name? Is it? Uh, Yeah. Dan Davis. Dan Davis. Yes. Colts Dan. You know, that guy had a, he had a big, big feeling about, gosh, dang it. I always forget this dude's name. The safety Blackman. Um, it's not Justin Blackman because we no, always go down we, the we hole. Yeah, we went through this last time. <laughs> I know, I know. Hold on, I'll find it. It's uh, Julian Blackman. That's who it is. Yeah, um, yeah. Because apparently, to Colts Dan, this this is probably going to be the year where he solidifies himself as a future Hall of Famer. Um, so it's going to be tough to match up against Julian Blackman, but we'll, we'll try to do our best. Shout out Colts Dan. Maybe we'll have him on the pot. We'll talk about that once we get closer into the season. So cool. Well, that's it, my friend. So just to go through the list real quick. So Micah went number one week one against the Los Angeles chargers. I went week 17 against the San Francisco 49ers. And then I went to the uh, week 14 against the Los Angeles Rams. Micah went with his second pick, Week 15, New England Patriots, and then Week 18, Kansas City Chiefs kicked it back to me. I went Week 3 at the Tennessee Titans, and then Week 8 at the New Orleans Saints. Micah closed us out with Week 10 at home against the Colts. So we'll see what the fans think about the list, but excited to get back into Mount Rushmore and also be able to talk, get back to talking about the schedule and and kind of um, projecting some future matchups for this upcoming season. So that's all I got, partner. Raider Nation. Love you guys. Peace out. Micah, close us out, my friend. Yeah, well, real quick, I'll say on that, go. I'll get a poll out on Twitter. We guys can, we'll start voting again on the Mount Rushmore season. We'll get a poll out there. Tell us, you know, who you think won. You know, let us let us know in the comments how you feel about the list, too. So, uh, but as always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcast. Uh, go sign up for DraftKings. Go Check out our YouTube. Check out the website, RaiderTakePodcast.com. Uh, we do have a, some new merch that just went up. Some uh, What Happens in Vegas started in Oakland t-shirt. So 
Go check that out. Go copy one. There's tanks and regular t-shirts. Till next week, uh, we will talk to you all later. Peace.